We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmela Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. I first discovered Cheryl Curland when an article about her popped up in my newsfeed. And I immediately became a fan and wanted to learn more about her nonprofit organization called Find Your Fabulosity, where she donates lipsticks to women who are victims of domestic violence. During this interview with Cheryl, she shares why and how she created this nonprofit, the way it began from speaking engagements with college students, how she spread awareness and took it from a non-existent organization to the level that they're at at this point, where they've given out $1 million worth of lipsticks to women suffering from domestic violence. Cheryl talks about how her organization mainly gives to shelters to give out to the women, and also the way that they discreetly give to women who are stuck at home with their abusers. As someone who has a lot of experience with women who have been victims of domestic violence, Cheryl shares advice with others on how to teach girls from a young age on feeling like they're enough and cultivating the confidence to hopefully prevent violence from their futures. Let's dive on in and hear her story. As a child, I was always creative and took on one project after another, one creation after another. And I just had a whole lot of spunk that led me into all kinds of directions. And as soon as I completed plan A, I was on to plan B and then C and D. And I've always been that way and I persevere. You just like, you don't tell me I can't do something because I will find a way. That's awesome. That's a really great and important quality to have, especially in business or in nonprofit creations. Even from the outset, the whole idea, I mean, nobody's done before what I've done with the lipsticks. And so, you know, people looked at me a little cross-eyed, but I just knew I was onto something. I just had, from the experiences that led me to it, it was my passion and my purpose that I, it connected the dots, everything in my life, highs and lows, everything just converged into this nonprofit. So could you tell us a little bit for, for those listeners who are not familiar with what you do, could you give us a little introduction and talk about your nonprofit? I founded the nonprofit called Find Your Fabulosity a little over five years ago, and it was nothing I ever planned. It wasn't on my radar, but it started from years ago when I was formerly in marketing public relations. I was in a miserable corporate job. I quit my job and became a freelance writer for businesses. And then one day I had this magnificent idea that I was going to write a book about couples married 50 years or more. And I interviewed 75 couples. So I completed that. Now, what am I going to do? I've got to come up with another chapter. So I reinvented myself as a college speaker to college sorority girls. 
sharing with them the wealth of information I learned about relationships and how to have healthy relationships. And in the summer of 2015, when colleges were no longer in session because of summer break, I enrolled in a program here in my home city, which is Longwood, Florida, through the Sheriff's Department called Community Law Enforcement Academy. And they teach you all about what the Sheriff's Department does. One night was on domestic violence. And it just, it just hit me in the gut. But I saw the pictures of these women that had been battered and we heard 911 calls of desperation. And I started thinking maybe I could take the programs I was doing for sorority girls and turn them into workshops for the women at my local shelter. So I asked the shelter manager about my idea and she said, go for it. We don't have anything like it. It sounds like a really good idea. And then I became what's called a certified domestic violence advocate. It's a certification to allow you to work at the shelter. So I started giving these workshops every two weeks and they were on relationships. Like we talked about communication and trust, just the basics and nuts and bolts of relationships. So I was helping them and I got good reviews. They always wrote evaluations and it would be like six to eight women in the room, but I just didn't feel like I was getting through to them. I just didn't see the brightness in their eyes. I, I couldn't figure out how am I gonna help these women really light up and growing up, my mom said, Cheryl, on a bum day, you just go put on a little lipstick and you'll feel better. And somehow I remembered that. And on a whim, I went to Walmart and I bought about 25 lipsticks and I took them to the next workshop. And at the end of the workshop, I took out my Ziploc baggie and I opened it up and I poured out the lipsticks on the table. And I said, here's something just to say thank you for coming tonight. And I really appreciate that you took the time to spend with me. And then... I couldn't believe what happened next. These women became so excited and they were happy and they were laughing and they were helping each other pick the right color. And I'm just looking at what's going on. It's like, this is just a lipstick. And then it happened. I'd give the workshops every two weeks. It happened every two weeks, same thing. And the women rotate out of a shelter pretty quickly. So I was usually with women I hadn't met before over and over and over again. I said, this is absolutely miraculous. And I've got to multiply the miracle by the thousands. And that's what we do at Find Your Fabulosity. We give new lipsticks to domestic violence shelters to give to the women who are at their shelters. Wow. Okay. First of all, when we spoke a couple weeks ago, you told me a little bit about this, but now I'm hearing like the details that, that you know, led up to this. Um, first of all, it's so cool that you combined that emotional support with, and really physical because you were teaching them these um how to develop right healthy relationships and then you gave them this lipstick which you know that I'm anyone who knows who knows me at all and or who's been following me knows that I'm such a fan of of that idea that lipstick can really empower a woman and and give her that confidence so you really combined the two of them to to help them cultivate healthy relationships and then to help empower them like that like cherry on top you know right and it's really to have a healthy relationship with themselves to begin with. And um, I was a little hesitant at first when I bought lipsticks, I bought just kind of medium shades. But then I had one would say, do you have hot pink, another red, do you have any purples? And I'm like, these women still have it going on. It's unbelievable. This is just the lipstick. And so all the colors are, we, we get them all. I don't put any boundaries on any of them anymore. And then the other story that stands out that's along with what you said 
one of the women, and this was a really like the moment I think that I said, I'm, I'm doing this. A woman came up to me, a young woman, and she said, I haven't worn makeup in years because the man I was with wouldn't let me and I want to go buy some and I didn't have any money. And the first thing I wanted to get was a lipstick and you, you got me the lipstick. So that was besides being a Kleenex moment, I just, I said, I've got to do this. There's just something more powerful to a lipstick to these women than compared to the ordinary woman. For sure. Yes. Because you're kind of giving them back. I mean, this is how I see it and I would love to hear how you see it, but I feel like you're kind of giving them back some of that power and confidence that was lacking. Um, because especially when women go through domestic abuse, really, it's just terrible. Um, part, it, it affects how the way they look. Yes. So yeah. this lipstick really just gives them that I don't know, like what other words to use besides for empowerment and confidence. <laughs> I think it gives them a sense of normalcy. Yes. It's just something real small that says I'm still here. I still exist. I still have value. I still have an identity. I still have a voice. It does all those things. And sometimes I've been accused of simplifying, you know, the lipstick isn't the answer to it all. And that's not what I'm saying. There's way more challenges that a lipstick can't solve, but I didn't make make this up it's what happened what I saw visually happen with every you know eyes ears everything and so that's how I you know just feel every time I touch a lipstick that goes in a box that we're going to send out I would just love to see the woman on the other side when she gets it because I know you know what happens Right, for sure. But also you're giving them the tools because through your workshops, it's not just the lipstick. That's what I was saying before. It's like you're giving them the tools to, to, to cultivate healthy relationships. So that's, that's huge. That The workshops actually I no longer do at the shelter because this became a 24-7 operation and also some things at the shelter changed. But I am available to help women when they, sometimes they contact me just this morning, I got an email. It was really interesting because she told me that a Senator's office in North Carolina gave them my name and I'm in Florida that I could help, you know, with advocacy. So I'm not going to drop the ball. I always reach out and try to connect them to resources. So even though I'm not giving workshops, I still try to stay real close to the people that I'm helping in different ways. Wow, that's that's really nice, really amazing. Because I think you're the only person who's I've heard of that that's been doing this. I've heard of people giving makeup, just generally makeup, but not zeroing in on lipsticks. Thanks. And so, I, I know like Mary Kay ladies are really good about it, and other some of the those kinds of companies are donating to shelters in their area. But I don't think anybody's doing it on a mass level like I've grown to. Right, for sure. And do these women get to choose their colors that they want or they're just given lipsticks? How does it work? The way it works is we build up our supply at Find Your Fabulosity. And when I get about 700 lipsticks, I'll get together a bunch of volunteers. It's usually about six women come over and we're an assembly line counting lipsticks and bagging them. We put 25 in a bag. It's a mix of lipsticks and lip glosses. And then we seal the bag, put it in a box, tape it shut, put a label on it, and it heads to a shelter. So the lipsticks are all given out at shelters. So there's a variety, all different brands, all different colors, all different types. So hopefully there's something for everybody. I even include clear lip gloss or some lip balms that are no color because some, some people just don't care for lipstick, but they 
like the feeling that's associated with it. For sure. Wow. I love it. I love this. So how many lipsticks have you given out? 70,000, over 70,000 at this Whoa. point. Yes. Oh, okay. So I can't believe when I say the number, because I started off and I was hoping for 5,000, then it moved to 10,000. And then I thought, okay, well, maybe 15 and just, it keeps climbing. And I'm hoping we'll hit a hundred thousand before the end of the year. It's just been an incredible ride to people that have come on board and people like you who've come along and helped us build awareness and women just get the lipstick. And COVID's affected us because lipstick isn't so common with people wearing masks, but we're coming along as things are kind of healing little by little in our country. So lipsticks are getting back on people's shopping lists. Right, for sure. So when you say that it affects you in regards to COVID because people are wearing masks, do you mean that the women don't really want lipsticks right now? Like, is that people, people aren't wearing them and they're not popular. Lipstick isn't even being worn now. Everybody's been, been wearing masks for a year. Right. And, you know, now we're, now we're getting, you know, freeing ourselves from it little by little, but that's really the reason it just, and, and even when women uh, go shopping, say they're at the clinic counter, you know, you're wearing a mask, you don't think of buying a lipstick and plus the extra one for the bonus, you know, discount, whatever it may be. So it just hasn't been as common uh, a purchase, but it, it's going to change. And then during COVID, I was able to um, partner with some makeup companies like yourself that have been very kind and generous to donate lipsticks to us. So we've made ends meet, but it's mainly because just what people wearing masks and didn't think about wearing lipstick. But I've also heard women say, I still wear lipstick behind my mask. I just have to have my lipstick on because it makes me feel good. I know it's so funny because I've had some customers message that to me as well, that they're wearing it under their mask or take pictures and send it to me. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like even I'm not wearing it under my mask. Like I'll put it on after when I take off my mask, wherever I'm going, but like, I don't wear it under the mask. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes I have, it just depends on my mood. But even like if I'm going to the grocery store, you know, we're at home so much that I wouldn't really get dressed every day. So the least I could do is put on some lipstick, even though nobody would see it. I felt it. So. Right. That's true. Or like zoom meetings. Oh yes. Right. Yes. It's got to put on your lipstick. Yeah. Yeah. They're so common now. So, and we're all wearing lipsticks during Mm -hmm. our zoom meeting. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So take me through the journey of creating this nonprofit, because I think it's so fascinating how, how this came to be that now you've given over, like, it's like a million dollars worth of lipsticks by now. Right. It it was added up by someone and, and I had never tried to quantify it. But I guess it is when you figure out the, co- the average cost of a lipstick is probably a million or close to it. So um, it's a lot for sure. I kind of envision what would the mountain look like if I had all 70,000 in a room, it would just be unbelievable. For sure. That would yeah. be so amazing. Wow. Wow. What does it look like to create a nonprofit? So first you started off small. You were inspired to give out lipsticks to these women because you saw what a difference it made. And now you, you're running this, full, this nonprofit full time. So how, how did that work? Like what were the legalities and coordination? What was the coordination involved? So what happened after I had this magnificent idea and had to figure out how I was going to do it in Orlando, where I live, the there's Rollins College and they have a program called Edith Bush Foundation. And they just happen to be giving periodically a one night course on how to form your own nonprofit. It was the speed version and it was a fantastic night. And they gave us a guidebook to take home. 
And my nonprofit is pretty simple. Um, if you're looking at uh, like research nonprofits, there's many layers to it. Mine was just pretty straight and simple. So I, they, they gave us all the forms and I came home and I filled out all the forms. I had to create articles of incorporation. So I went online and I found samples and then I put that together. And then I started calling this one and that one, would you be on the board? And everybody said yes, because I promised them we'd be having fun. And I said, I'm not paying you, but we'll have fun. So they were all in. And then I just started, I first started by, I went to Target and Walmart. And I said, would you guys donate a, a gift card? And I'm just going to spend it right here because I'm buying lipstick. So I got a good response from that. And it was more about me having to build awareness now to get the word out. So then I made a list of every woman's club I could come up with in Orlando. And I called them and said, I'd love to be a guest speaker. So then I made the circuit of that. And little by little, what, you know, you were talking to a group of women and then one woman come up after me and say, I've got another women's group. Would you come speak? So the word started building. And that's really, it was just a complete grassroots effort. And then I um, approached businesses, local businesses. And I said, would you have a lipstick drive or a fundraiser for us? And like I had an aerobic studio, I even had a tire company did a lipstick drive for us, a, a lipstick fundraiser. And it just started, the, it's like it started the rumbling just starts to build louder and louder. And that's really how it happened. And then a big, there were probably like two big, uh, really changed the trajectory of what we were doing. One was I had written to Costco Magazine, I'm a Costco member, and I told them about what I was doing and it was pretty much new at the game. And so they loved my, what I was doing, but they didn't have a slot for my story yet. A year later, they contacted me and they said, we're doing a story on some of our members and what they're doing to help people around the world. And we wanna feature you in it. Well, I think Costco has, I don't know how many millions of subscribers, plus then they pass along. So that was like unbelievable. Then I started getting lipstick packages from all over the country, people loving what we do. So that was one big moment. And another one was Herman Cain, who's now passed away. He had a talk radio show and I love talk radio. So I was listening to the local station and he was on and he had a program called Living the American Dream. That was the theme. So I said, I wonder if he'd be interested in what I have to say. And I called. Now, you know, when you call a radio station, you get a busy signal. Well, I got right in and this producer talked to me and I told her about me and she said, this is really cool. We'll try to get you on. She said, will you hold on? I said, fine. So it turned out she came back a few minutes later. She said, we're not going to have time for you, but Herman loves what you're doing. We want to book you next week to be sure you get on, on our show. And that's what happened. And they told me it would be like a two minute interview. And Herman had me on for six minutes. And he said, spell your website the moment of gold. And again, that was another moment that people just started you know, pouring out and pouring in and reaching out to us and giving us lipsticks and money. So just from there, little by little, unbelievable serendipity, just like you and me talking, things have happened and it's just been awesome. And women understand the power of a lipstick. Totally. Yeah, it's totally true. So when you got these promotions, I guess, right, it's PR media, were you able to sustain that constant PR rush? Because, okay, great. Overnight, you got this Costco, millions of people, and then also this uh, this radio show. But were you able to, to, to keep up with that? Or did it kind of like go down and up and down and up, you know? There's been definite ups and downs. But being that my background's marketing and public relations, 
Um, and I've always had clients that I've done this kind of thing with. And so now I'm doing on my own client. So I knew a lot of the ins and outs of how to get free PR for lack of a better way to say it. And a lot of it's, you know, making connections and um, somebody talking to somebody who knows somebody. And that's really how it's been done all along the way. And I also have done a lot of work to try and get media coverage and I've had success here and there. And uh, most recently, just within the past four months, I actually hired a PR person to who specializes in media. And it's been my dream for a long time to do that, but I had to find the exact right person. And I finally, she finally crossed my path and we worked really well together. So we've got a lot of media coverage, but honestly, it's kind of like when these um, events happen, when I meet somebody, I'll give you an example. I was at a Rotary Club meeting about a month ago and they gave us $500. And at the meeting was a woman who came up to me afterwards and she said, I have a women's group that I would love to come you to come speak at. So I went last night and they gave me lipsticks and they gave me some money. So, and then there could be somebody at that group that said, puts me on pace to meet somebody else. So I just keep going and see where it leads me. So maintaining, especially because the number of shelters has been growing becomes more challenging but I just think that I use my creative juices to try and figure out how to make it work. And uh, incredible people have come forward to want to help us. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I mean, when you put out that good energy and giving and value to others, it really comes back to you because people want to be a part of that. You're, you're really right. And it's so gratifying that something so simple to buy a lipstick will make a difference there's so many charities that need money and money and money and asking somebody to bring a lipstick is fairly unimposing. And really through the, another thing is like, I've had people on their birthday, they give themselves a birthday party, no presents, just bring lipsticks. And then I get a box of lipsticks. I've had some women's conferences, oftentimes a women's conference will adopt a charity and they put a spotlight on it during the conference. And so that's happened. And there was one in California, I think sent me 300 lipsticks. I thought, you know, maybe a hundred, I got this giant box of lipsticks. So I just think it's something because it's just such a simple thing that people can easily afford. And it's easy, you can see the, you can envision the results so easy and not to put down any other organizations, but when you give money, you never actually see where it's going. But because you know yourself how lipstick makes you feel, you can imagine how a person who's been abused getting a lipstick, how, much, how wonderful it makes them feel. Right. And you really could sustain this organization purely by lipstick donations, right? It's like pe people have this, I think, misconception that in order to give back or do something big, you have to, you know, raise tens of thousands of dollars and create these complicated systems and giving back programs. But the truth is this, what you're doing just goes to show that it, it could be a small thing that turns into a huge thing just by nature or by virtue of, of, of what it does, the transformation that it causes for your clients, which are these women. I think so. And I've heard of other nonprofits where it started off as some moment of compassion that turned on the idea. And that's really True. And we do need money because the money goes towards shipping all these boxes right. to the charity. So we still definitely need money. And 
except bring on the money, you know, wherever you right, right, right. <laughs> But I've even been, you know, I've, like I said, I've been kind of creative with that. And the one thing I mentioned earlier, this tire store, I, again, I'm, I met the marketing director of this big tire store here in Orlando. They have multiple stores. And she said, I want to do a fundraiser for you. And I'm like, a tire store in it? So they figured it out. And it was, this was the deal. You come to our store to get your work done on your car. And if you give $5 to this charity, we're going to take $5 off your bill. Well, that's a no brainer. Right. So that was $300 in a month is what they gave me. So it's just uh, trying to find those little seeds that you can grow and then they'll grow into something more to help you out. And, And what's happened is now other people have gotten excited about what we do. So then they're out being cheerleaders for ambassadors, I should say. They're out trying to drum up the lipsticks. It's like a challenge. Women love to get lipstick. So they, other people have just joined in and wanted to be a part of it. And it's just, it's just been amazing. I even, another example is it was a healthcare conference where I was asked to be a speaker for a few minutes and talk about what I do. And I knew it was going to be a relatively small group of women. They're coming from around Florida. So I get there and I'm seeing these bags of lipsticks come in. Well, what happened is these women held lipstick drives in their own offices, all different offices around Florida. So now, and I had brought a little suitcase with me. I had to have them ship the lipsticks to me. There were so many. So it's just things like that that are just fantastic to see happen and just make me, you know, give me the drive to just keep going, just keep going. For sure. Because when you see that other people are as passionate as you are and they really want to be part of your initiative, it right. just, it energizes you for sure. It does. And then another fun part is when the volunteers are here helping me and we get to basically play in lipsticks and we don't open any of them, but it's just fun to see all the different kinds and women just spend a ton of money on lipstick and to see all of them is really, really fun. All the different packaging and, um, you know, color, you can see sometimes the color because the the cover may be clear or that kind of thing. So it's just kind of a, a, a fun time to play in makeup you know, be a little kid again without really, you know, touching anything. Yeah. Yeah. I totally got that. So who do you have like a certain type of, of woman or even, or even, it could, I guess it could be a man, um, a donor type who gives you the most lipsticks just out of curiosity. There's not a specific one. And I really tell people, I, you know, if you give one lipstick, that's fantastic. If you give a hundred, if you give a thousand, it's everyone is going to make a difference in a woman's life. So there's not really a particular kind, just people come along and um, that rotary meeting I was telling you about, somebody then turned out they were going to send me a hundred dollars. And so it just, you know, a hundred here, a hundred there, 25 here, 25 there, $5 here. It all starts adding up so we can just keep going. Right. And I was thinking a thousand here, a thousand there. <laughs> I would love it. You know, <laughs> tell me where to find it. Yeah. And I mean, I've people that said to me, have you applied for grants and I would love to, they're very complex to do. I have entered a few kind of like contests, some um, women's organizations or women's companies put on, and it's a monumental amount of time to fill out all the forms and provide all the information. And then to get nothing is like, well, I could have spent all that time pounding the pavement, you know, making things happen for Find Your Fabulosity. So I would love for it to happen. It just hasn't happened yet. Right. For sure. I totally get that. It's like where you put your time. You only have a limited amount of time of energy. So. Right. And it's, it's disappointing 
obviously, when I thought it was really good and, you know, I have the idea of the century, but obviously there's a lot of other people doing great things out there and I get that. So I just, I just try to be real careful and I, I don't have a staff. It's me and, and the volunteers and I don't get paid and nobody gets paid. So it's just all out of the goodness of your heart. Right. Right. Could I ask like, how do you support yourself if you're doing this full time? Oh, you can ask that. Sure. Well, I've had a very long career and I guess I don't ever use the word, I guess people would say I'm retired, but I'm, I'm not at all. I'm super busy. I'm just doing something where I'm not getting paid. But fortunately, my husband and I have saved over the years, which has allowed me to do what I'm doing now. And that's really it. I mean, all our lives, we've been very frugal with money and very cautious, not knowing that I'd be doing this someday. And it just all kind of has evolved. And, um, you know, we're comfortable. I don't need I don't go shopping. I'm not a person that goes out to lunch all the time. This is, I'm doing what I really love to do every single day. Wow. And it really shows, it does. Thanks. Thank you. Sure. Um, so, okay. A couple of questions. First of all, where did you come up with the name, find your fabulosity? It, uh, it just appeared in my head because when I saw at the workshops, how the women just lit up. And it's like, how do I describe this? And I felt like they discovered their fabulosity. I just, that was the word that just kind of, you know, it just told the story right there. And so I just, it just hit me, find your fabulosity. That was it. And I thought about other names, but I'll, this is the one that just seemed to fit totally. And, and um, I don't even know if it's a word in the dictionary, but <laughs> it's, it's a word that works for me. Right. Well, it's, I mean, it's like fabulous, but it's, it's funny because when I was first sending you that email, which I ended up spelling, I did.com at whatever.com instead of .org. Um, but besides for that, I was looking at, I was following it so carefully because the F-A-B-U-L-O-S-I-T-Y, I would have done O-U. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I kept like going I back. To, to- yeah. I tried it different ways, but then I said, if you're doing it by sound, you know, so I just decided and hopefully right. people find it. Yeah, no, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so do you have any stories of women that women have maybe come back to tell you how how it, the lipsticks have given them confidence or they help them feel empowered that you could share with, with us? There have been stories. Now, I don't get to see or hear or talk to the people who actually get the lipsticks usually because they go to the women's domestic violence shelters where they're given away. So I don't have any, there's an in-between before it gets to the person who's supposed to receive it. But I have had people along the way have contacted me through another thing we're doing, which is these get help gift bags. And I started them during the pandemic. And I actually had the idea a few years ago, but the pandemic was the perfect time. What we do is we've created little bags that have a lipstick, a lip gloss, a little mirror, two cards that have, one is a card of encouragement. It says you are fabulous. And on the back side has the national domestic violence hotline number. And then uh, the other card says something like, you're not alone. It's not your fault. You didn't cause this to happen. You can be free. And the domestic violence hotline number on the other side. And then a little stone that says courage on it. And uh, they all go in a little pink organza bag. So with that, I have become in closer contact because those go directly to victims. People can order them right online and they're free. So I've had, I actually got an email this morning from somebody who said she got it. And she said, it just made me feel so good to know that somebody cares. And I just feel so good having lipstick. So that's 
that happens over and over and over again. The one story that really got this idea going and it really expresses why I did it a few years ago, probably about three years ago, my mother-in-law was turning 90 and she was having a birthday party in Philadelphia. And so my husband and I flew up there and I wanted to look pretty. I wanted my hair to look right, not be all frizzed out. And I went to hair cuttery and you know, you get a random stylist. So I was following the woman back to her chair and I noticed she was limping and I had no idea why I didn't say a word. And then she, we started chatting and she said, what do you do? And I told her, and then she leaned down and she whispered to me, she said, you don't have to explain this to me. I know what you're talking about because I'm a victim right now. Well, I about fell out of my chair because what are the odds of that happening to me, you know, with me? So, and she said, I can't really talk about it here. And then she started telling me while she couldn't talk about it, she kept talking about it. And she said, my boyfriend lives with me. And I went out last night with my girlfriends. We just had a good time. I wasn't drinking and I came home and he beat the, you know, what out of me and he threw me against the wall. And I'm like, ah, my, you know, like the hair on my arms is going up. And um, so I thanked her and it's like, I can't leave this woman just out, you know, defend for herself. So I went to a CVS and I got two lipsticks and I got an envelope and a card and then an envelope to put everything in. And so I went back to our hotel room and I got the names of the local shelters and I wrote all the information out for on the card and I put everything in the bigger envelope. And the next day I went back to hair cuttery and I gave it to her. And I said, everybody loved my, I didn't want anybody to know what was going on. I said, everybody loved my hair last night. So this is just a little something I got you. So, and then I left and like 10 minutes later, and to this day, I have the text. She says, I'm crapping, crying, happy tears right now. I didn't know anybody cared about me and I feel so special, something along the lines. So that right there was like, that's the tone I hear so often when I get these text messages from the women or even on Facebook, I'll get messages. And I just say, you have no idea how good it's made me feel to get this from you. Right. Wow. Wow. That's like, I mean, it's so touching. It's really touching. It's just, I mean, the fact that I was, that's how I'm telling you the serendipitous neat of all these things that have happened me and the hair cuttery lady and it's like well then I and this has been sitting in my mind for years and then the pandemic happened and women are, are homebound because of the pandemic so the, and not all women can go to shelters even if it's not the pandemic so this seemed like the perfect time and so those have just I, and the way I advertise about that I, I belong to a few Facebook groups for survivors and victims and occasionally I'll just do a post with a picture and in come the orders and it's like well, I'm glad to get the orders, but I'm also really sad that all these women are just caught in this awful spider web of circumstances. And, but they do write me and they just say, we really appreciate it. Wow. So in, in those cases, you would send this straight to their home? Yes. Well, what I do is I ask them to give me a safe address. So sometimes I'm sending it to a family member or a friend because they can't even get mail without the mail being inspected. It is really horrible. And um, so that's how they you know, how they receive it. They've, and I've had women ask me, what does the package look like? Does it have any markings on the outside? And I could use a white envelope, you know, no, no stickers or anything other than their address. So there's no, no identifiable you know, suspicion that the, the perpetrator could have. Did they ever talk to you about why, why they're staying in the relationship? They don't specifically talk to me, but I have heard the stories just in roundabout ways. And it's just, people say, why doesn't she just walk out the front door? 
because by the time the abuse happens, she is immersed in a relationship because it doesn't happen on day one. He falls in love with her supposedly, and she falls madly in love with him and she gets all kinds of attention. He's definitely the one and showers her with gifts. And then one day he, you know, start, you know, slaps her and, oh, my, I'm so sorry. And then he's lovey-dovey after it's, it's a process that it happens. So say it's six months later when she's madly in love with this person who's now, you know, beating her up and their lives are so entwined with each other. And it's just really hard to walk away. And there's a lot of apology that happens. And also there's a lot of shame and embarrassment. How on earth did I get myself into this? I've heard about it happening to other people. I never dreamed it would happen to me. And it just happens to ordinary women. It's not people that are, it's people that are from all demographics, all education levels, all financial levels, all races, all religions. It just cuts across all demographics. So they, by the time they really truly, and, and a lot of times there's a pattern, the person will leave and then they go back because their family has probably disowned them. Their friends are gone because the guy cut them off. So the only person who loves them is the one who's abusing them. They don't have a home anymore except that one. So it's really, really complex to leave. But that's where the shelters and the advocates come in. They're well-trained people, very professional, and they do a phenomenal job. They help every single woman prepare a plan for safety and give her the things that she needs to carry on, at least temporarily, until she can start getting her life back on track. Wow, wow. Uh, it's so good that there that these places exist because honestly, I don't know what they would do without them. They, these women are, they, they're saying the same thing, the ones at the shelter. I don't know what I would do without, you know, being, having this place to go. And it's really true. They're just, they're just, and there's no, even like people say, well then, okay, so just divorce them if you're married. Well, you know how hard it is to get a divorce, just an ordinary divorce. And then layer on that, the man is very good. And it, it's, I'm saying man and woman, it happens in all kinds of relationships, but the ones I see are typically the man is a perpetrator and the woman's a victim and the courts, you know, when there's kids involved and then even going to court, a lot of times the courts want the woman to be in the courtroom with the man. Well, that's just re reigniting all the trauma. So it's just really, really super complicated to change as much as she wants to change. And then there's always, even after they're, they may be out of the relationship for six months and the man's still, you know, texting her, I'm going to second, you know, I know this time it'll be better. And it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, they're the most, they're some of the strongest women I know, you know, getting out of a, 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 a an abusive relationship. For sure. Yeah. But it yeah. can be done. It absolutely can be done. I've seen, also seen women who've been totally successful, gotten a job, gotten a career, they're totally self-sufficient and their life is good and happy. And they're just so glad they were able to put it behind them. Have you ever seen women who have got, have gotten back with, with a, with an ex um, after, and the ex got the help he needed to no. be helped? No, no. I mean, it's, I, I, again, I don't know these women up close, but everything that I read is never changes never changes. And so often, so he'll, okay, I'm going to, good. We're, we're going to, we're split up and then he'll go on to the next woman and she'll see, may see him out with this other woman and he's all loving her up and he's still texting her. You know, we went out tonight and had a great dinner. So it looks like the new woman is perfectly fine, 
is not true. She's going to get beaten up too. It just is a, it's a personality that is very sick. That's just terrible. Yeah. Uh, what you're doing though is you're you're really doing your part to help improve their lives though. So that's so beautiful. My thing is I'm not you know trained to help them with a plan or I just want to make women feel good. I know I fortunately I have not experienced abuse myself. I've been really close to it. And I um, have also had some really difficult times in my own life. And I just know how much it means when one person reaches out and just says, I care. And the little gesture of, you know, the lipstick is for it to just mean so much is really, really powerful. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So how can other people be a part of your organization and give back? Two ways, money and lipsticks. (laughs) So our, on our website, findyourfabulosity.org, there is a click on that says donate. Actually, it's a tab that says donate. And that will bring up a page that directs you once there's a click on for, to give money and a click on to give lipstick. So if you want to give money, it's pretty straightforward. And you can use a credit card to do that. To give lipsticks, um, you can, and it has the address to send lipsticks. But I challenge other people to get creative, have a lipstick drive. I mean, I've done the craziest things First, we used to have a Super Bowl party before COVID, my husband and I, and I told everybody, what can I bring? And I said, no food, just bring lipsticks. So everybody pours in with the lipstick. So anything, you know, if you belong to a book club, a garden club, if your synagogue or temple has a women's group, those are all ways you can have lipstick drives. Even if it's just a, a monthly lunch that you get together with your 10 girlfriends or your four girlfriends, everybody bring a lipstick and then send them our way and the addresses on the website. So those are the two ways. It's pretty easy. Love that. Yes, for sure. Okay. So let me ask you the question that I ask everyone, which is what is something that you hope the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? Abuse. The, it's, it is the silent epidemic in our culture, in our society. One of four women will be affected personally by some type of abuse in her lifetime. And when I really reach back to where this all started talking to college women, the, I just see this feeling that women are so kind and so sweet that they'll put up with a whole lot. And young women really wanna have a boyfriend and it gives them some kind of validation. You don't need it. But what happens in that whole process of feeling like you're not enough, you're not good enough, you get caught up into these relationships that are not healthy. So it really starts from, a, I think, an early age, being taught and teaching other people and make, helping other women feel that they are, you know, give, do things to give them self-esteem and confidence. When I spoke last night to this women's group, a lot of them were retired women who now have nieces and great-grandchildren. Great and I said, look, you just start sending them little tokens, you know, there's things you can buy in TJ Maxx and Ross and on Etsy that are just reinforcement of your soul, you know, let your soul shine. And you're, you know, you're the, the only person you need to be as you, those kinds of things are written in all different cute items. And so just little things to even just pick up the phone call and say, I was just thinking about you because I love you so much. Things like that to just help build up women so that they, if they are faced with a confrontational situation, they say, I'm just too good for this. You can go pick on somebody else. And that really, to me, is a big way to help stop abuse. And for women 
who are not so young, but are already, you know, there's women that are single in the dating scene for one reason or another that are a little older. And again, it's just realize your value. You do not have to put up with abuse of any kind. It comes in, in many different forms. There's no reason for you two to have a healthy relationship with someone. And it only gets worse. It starts off light and it gets worse over time. So just stop and get out immediately before it has a chance to really build up into something that is really, really difficult to get out of. Right, for sure. Yeah, those are such great words of advice, seriously. Okay, so where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? To learn more about Find Your Fabulosity, you go to our website, findyourfabulosity.org, and it's find your F-A-B-U-L-O-S, like in Sam, I T like in Tom, Y.org. And that tells you all about us. And then if you want to donate, there's that one tab that says donate and, and it'll explain everything from there. And social media channels. Yes. Uh, Facebook is find your fabulosity and on Instagram, find your fabulosity on uh, Twitter. It's actually my name, Cheryl Curland, S-H-E-R-Y-L-K-U-R-L-A-N-D. And there was a reason I didn't change it. It was something with Twitter that I would have had to start all over with my followers or something. So I generally just post about Find Your Fabulosity. So those are the ones that we predominantly use is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Okay, great. So all of that information you can find in the show notes. Um, There'll be links straight to Cheryl's social handles and website. Um, Okay, thank you so much, Cheryl, for joining me today and sharing your story. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. So this is, you know, it's really such a wonderful opportunity just to be able to let other people know what we do and hopefully they'll want to join the lipstick brigade. For sure. (laughs) Who wouldn't want to be a part of this? Yeah. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 